The Utah Jazz have lost two in a row, both winnable, both close late, both times down the stretch they don't get it done. A rewatch of the final six minutes of each ballgame, plus why are the Jazz struggling this year without Mike Conley when that didn't happen last year? We'll look at that, plus LaMelo Ball and the Charlotte Hornets are in town. It's all coming up on a jam-packed edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I'm David Locke. This is the December 20th edition of Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, hopefully making it way better to be a Utah Jazz fan each and every day with geeky numbers and all that other fun stuff. We are free and available for you on all platforms. You can get us on all podcast platforms as well as Right here on, oh, I never get this right. Let's see, I got to look at the screen. Yep, right here on YouTube, you can subscribe right there. Push that little button. You can also hit the bell and have yourself notified. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com. Use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is your daily fantasy made easy. Good morning to James and Paul and Ray and Andrew and Coleman who've all stopped by to say hi. You know what today needs? Today needs something very very special. Today needs the happy hat. We are doing the show today in the happy hat. This is a happy hat. The pizza place, but the colors and everything else, we need the happy hat this morning because it's not happy. The holidays, COVID's going beeping crazy, and the Jazz have lost two in a row in games they should have won. So we need the happy hat today. All right. Uh, It's interesting. Taylor's saying you need stats. You're kind of going to get the opposite. Sorry to like, I always, when we, when we talk to uh, everyone in lockdown and we're teaching them and coaching them and things like that, we always say like the good show is the one in which you, the listener knows what they're going to get when they come in, you give it to them, you tell them that you gave it to them and you, Tell them you're going to give it to them again and you give it to them again. That's actually what good audio is. That's how you do this business is you guys know what you're going to get. So you're expecting stats. And instead, I went and rewatched the final six minutes of uh, both games. Uh, And I'll tell you what, when you watch them together, as I did this morning or last night, um, it's pretty interesting because, first of all, on one level, the Washington game, the really stories, we just didn't make plays, right? Like. Clarkson gets a off the bounce three and he misses it, which isn't a great shot, frankly. Like, let's not kid ourselves. Jordan's not playing extremely well. And it was a early in the shot clock shot. So I didn't, I didn't love that. Um, I mean, he was playing great last night and he was that night and he was feeling it. You got to give him the freedom to take it. But like, if you want to play stats, like Jordan on off the bounce threes this year is 31%. And last two years he was 33%. So it's not a, like if I'm the opponent and Jordan Clarkson takes an off the bounce three, I'm okay. Um, but then Donovan misses a free throw. Bogey misses a free throw. Gobert misses a free throw. O'Neal misses the first ever clutch free throw of his NBA career. Um, Bogey misses a wide open three. He is a 43% catch and shoot 
shooter. He was wide open. Um, that one probably goes down. We just, right, we didn't make any plays offensively against Washington. We should win that game, right? It's 94-93. There's 531 left. We're the better team. We should win that game. That's why the happy hat is on today, because we should win that game. The same way that against, you know, we're tied at 119, we're tied at 117 against San Antonio. We should win that game. Like, that's who we're supposed to be, and we didn't win either of them. Here's the contrast, frankly. Against San Antonio, because we're down, the real story is we're down six when five minutes come. And we make every play imaginable. Every play. Clarkson bucket, Conley three, bogey layup, Conley three. Um, we, we miss a three and Clarkson gets an unbelievable rebound. Conley misses back-to-back threes. Donovan with a great look. Conley with a floater. Donovan with a drive. Donovan scores again. Like, we scored every time against San Antonio. Every time. So, like, when you suddenly put those together, you're, there's no overriding. From an offensive standpoint late in the game, guys, there's there's no overriding concept here. Of like, oh, we can't close. Donovan can't do this. We didn't do Sorry. It's not there. Like, you put the whole thing together. We were unbelievable. Didn't miss a shot. Couldn't do anything wrong against San Antonio. Problem was we were down six. They torched us for the five minutes beforehand. Clutch time. And that's what really mattered. And, boy, did they go hunt Rudy Gay. Greg Popovich had a score to settle there. Um. I don't know if he did, but like Greg Popovich went at Rudy Gay. That's a worthwhile conversation. Rudy Gay is supposed to add a, a pretty substantial defensive premise for us. And on that night, he didn't have it. Now, he also, you know, is a 15-year veteran and maybe taking regular season basketball, though so it's regular season basketball. Um, against Washington, we don't, we don't, you know, we miss a bunch of free throws. We're playing three games in four nights. We could have been tired. Like, who knows? Like, there's, we are human. They are human. There is a lack of, a little bit of lack of urgency on plays, okay? And let me walk through a few of them. And I think this is real. Like there is, just kind of as I walk through these, there's a little bit, against San Antonio, frankly, I'm not sure. I mean, DeJounte Murray's 6'6". He comes off a pick and roll and he he makes a shot over Mike Conley because Mike Conley's too small at 6'1". And then Roy, like here's one where... I don't, I don't know the plan, right? So Murray comes in and Royce gets caught in the flow. Like he just get like in almost in the wash. Like if you think about it from a basket, like a ocean standpoint, like the game came this way and Keon or Keldon Johnson's up high and Royce just gets caught in the mix. And I think he's trying to help. Your instinct is always to go to the ball, but it means that suddenly they flip it back to Keldon Johnson. He's just too far behind the play. And Keldon Johnson makes a nice play in the lane to hit a three footer. It just something seemed off there. The the key play of the Spurs game, but stay on the Spurs game. Give DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray gets comes up the court. Mike Conley's guarding him. The Jazz have not switched Royce to him yet. He doesn't run anything. He just goes right at Mike Conley and he gets him into the paint and he's six six and he shoots over him and he scores. And that to me actually was kind of the biggest play of the game. From there, the Jazz switched onto Murray. Gobert switches. They force Murray into a long three. He misses. Gobert. And Donovan then have like a weird miscommunication where Gobert doesn't come all the way out to white at 15 feet and he gets a wide open 15 footer. Like that might be a little urgency. Like I'm talking about. Um, Then uh, let's see, there's a, um, and then really the other biggest play of that game, the the other two biggest plays that game is the jazz defend perfectly. Jakob Pirtle misses and gets his own rebound because he missed so badly that ricochets past Rudy. And then Lonnie Walker hits an unbelievable shot late, like an unbelievable shot. Like I I look back through that game and Derek White, frankly's 15 footer on the play before. Like these are like, you know, I'm not, Hey, 
The real problem is we're down 113, 107, and your wiggle room gets to zero. But, like, I'm going to guess that White's fadeaway from 17 with a with a guy draped on him might have been actually over Rudy. Like, I don't think it was over Rudy, but a guy, O'Neal's all over him or someone's all – is probably about a – like a 25% shot. Lonnie Walker's like a 5% shot of going in. Jakob Pertle getting his own rebound and missing it and putting it back up and in is like, you know, like those are just tough. I mean, the problem is that you didn't get up by 10 earlier. That's actually hard to do every night. Give the Spurs credit. They came and played hard. They were going to play hard. They play basic. Now, the Washington game, we're not nearly as good. Like the Spurs game, they just made a bunch of plays. And frankly, if your point guard is 6'6", and Mike Conley's 6'1", it's really hard for us to guard. We had a miscommunication on that white jumper I talked about. And then they made crazy shots. And frankly, Washington makes a crazy shot late too. Like despite the things we did wrong, we'd worked our way all the way back into that game. We had the jump ball with the weird thing where the ref is talking to Donovan and Donovan's not ready for it. But even then, they win the jump ball with three seconds on the shot clock, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, it's a fadeaway three. So we've got Devontae Graham, Jaron Jackson, Lonnie Walker. It's like, at some point, this is spinning around a little bit. Like, we're going to get in some of these close games. We're going to win, and we're not going to feel as badly as we do about ourselves because this is a little ridiculous on the level of this. I know that's not what you want to hear, but I'm watching the game. There is a level of, like, okay, lack of urgency that kind of is a bummer. It's 94-93 out of a timeout. Donovan misses a mid-range 16-footer on the left side of the floor, which isn't a great shot because he likes to go back right just to open up the final six minutes with Washington. Washington rebounds, and Avida is on, is it V before D, I think, right? We haven't looked. Yeah. Uh, Is on the inside of Jordan Clarkson in the transition. Hey, I've never played. These are hard. That's why I like numbers. And he's on the, they're on the left sideline. And Jordan's on the outside. And Jordan knows he's in trouble. You can see Jordan being like, okay, this, he does not sprint out of head of him, beat him to the spot to be there to stop the fast break. He does. He kind of fiddles around and thinks maybe I can sneak around the backside in this. And it ends up being a layup. Like that's a lack of urgency that costs you basketball games. Um, I don't know. Like Bradley Beal, Royce O'Neal's guarding Bradley Beal. I don't know what our game plan was. We didn't have a shoot around that day. And so I, and I don't remember what our game plan was in, when we had the shoot around at Georgetown. But one of the key plays, like Bradley Beal's out here on the wing. Royce is way off him. Way, way, way off him. So that when Roy, when Beal starts his route, Gafford sets the pick. Royce gets buried, literally buried, goes down. And Beal gets a wide open shot. I can't imagine the plan is not to be up on Bradley Beal and attached. I really, maybe I'm, a, again, why I like the numbers and not these, because I could be way wrong here. And Royce or someone in Royce's group listens to this and says, that's totally effed. They might be right. I find that hard to believe that we weren't supposed to be up embodying him and giving him that kind of space allows you easily to be picked off. And that's exactly what happened. Um, why pin down for Bradley Beal? Royce gets buried on the pick. We're chasing on that. I get it. But he's not on him. And so if you're not on him, you're much easier to get picked. And so Beal's great at running you into the pick. Same thing happens. Is that a lack of focus? Is that a tangible lack? I don't, again, not really that sure. The Washington game, our defense is actually pretty good. You know, San Antonio got us. Like, they hit these crazy shots. We had a breakdown. White got a 15-footer, and Murray's too big for Conley. The Washington game is, I'm going to walk you through it here in a second. Our defense is actually pretty good, and we just don't make the offensive plays. 
against San Antonio, we can't miss, but we're down five when we get into the stretch. And so it's really, really difficult for us to come back. Okay. So here, I'll walk you through it here in a second of where our defense actually is not bad, but there are these, there are all of these little, maybe lack of detail. Are we cocky? Are we tired? Focus elements that kind of jump out there. Then the other problem is we're not as good when Mike Conley doesn't play this year. We're totally dependent, it feels like, on Mike Conley to play a game. Not to be on the floor at all times, but to play a game. Woo! Woo! The happy hat is hot. We'll put the happy hat back on a second. But right now, let me tell you about Murdoch Chevy, located at Woods Cross, also located in Logan. Uh, Chevrolet has got all sorts of great things going on right now. First of all, there's always tax benefits, I believe, to the end of the year, buying big vehicles. If you don't know about that, look into it. Uh, What's going on right now at Chevy? Well, of course, you've got the Silverado and the Colorado. $1,500 off the 2020 Silverado uh, right now. You've got the Colorado, which is the smaller truck. And then the SUV lineup of Chevy, I think, is wildly underrated. 0% APR for six years on the 2020 Blazer. There's also the Equinox and then... You know, there's the legends, right? Like, I think they kind of have their own little place in society, the Tahoe and the Suburban, particularly in Utah. They are the Utah County Assault Vehicles. Um, they are available at Murdoch Chevy, located at Woods Cross, also in Logan. Feel free to stop by. Give me a call on either one of those two. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Last night, kind of dinner was kind of screwed up. Wife and daughter are out of town. Son's not back from college. Didn't do a great job on things. And so finally at 11, I'm super hungry. And instead of a thing of ice cream, I had a built bar. Kind of cool. Factory second sales are available right now. This is pretty cool. Um, you get a free gift. The Ruby chocolates are avail- are really, really good. These marshmallow specials they've done this holiday season are great. Um, coconut brownie chunk is still available. Gingerbread is available. I thought it was really good. And then the regular flavors, also coconut marshmallow, coconut almond, coconut raspberry, peanut butter, mint brownie, cookies and cream, salted caramel, double chocolate. There's some non-coconut people out there, and I like to drop three straight coconuts. And they were like, ah! Uh, Go uh, visit uh, Lock15. Lock15 is your promo code. All right, let's watch through the Washington defense, because it's not as bad as it felt. Like, the the way you left that game, you're like, we can't defend anyone. We're dead. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Happy hat. Oh, wrong way. Happy hat's back on. Okay, got the happy hat back on. We're going to keep the happy hat around. I think we're going to need the happy hat. There's some disturbing trends. I'm not going to try to be all Pollyanna-ish today. Um, and I'm not even being Pollyanna-ish. Like, I just think, looking back at it, like, they're, we're, we're getting some unfortunateness. We're also, like, you lose games. Um, and then when you look at them together... There wasn't like this overriding horrendous theme like the way I thought there was going to be. I really went to watch just how horrendous our defense was and what was wrong. And I didn't get totally that feeling. Um, All right. So I talked about a little bit. So there's the fast break um, where, you know, hey, I thought Jordan and Jordan can listen to that and be like, what the heck are you talking about? He's six, seven. I'm on the wrong side of him. I thought Jordan could have sprinted out ahead. Jordan's way fast. Good defense forced a turnover. So there's one good defense, one bad. Bradley Beal comes off a baseline route off a Gafford pick on a tight curl and hits an eight-footer, and O'Neal can't stay attached to him. We t- kind of talked about that. Uh, it's like not great defense, but it's an eight-footer. Rudy's defending the rim. He doesn't get to the basket. It's like That's pretty hard, unless we're sinking somebody else in, which we do later. Um, another wide pit down for Beal. O'Neal's picked off. Um, and... Uh, 
then on the, and we get a stop and then bogey just makes a terrible play on the rebound, like really bad feel just turns around and hits the guy. And maybe it should or shouldn't be a foul, but it's not how you rebound. So like, that's one, there's another, one. like just a lack of, Hmm. Like, and there's just a, like, it's too bad. Uh, we play really good defense and Pope misses the three. We actually played really good defense on the play before, but we bogey makes that play. It's like, Oh, um, Beal hits a step back corner three over Gobert on a switch. Damn, you're good. Like the NBA players are good. Guys shoot 29% over Gobert from three. We get that. You just tip your hat. Um, then a really bummer play. Um, we kind of go, we quickly go um, one-on-one. Donovan has a terrible turnover on the offensive end. He just forced it one-on-three. Bat, like an old Donovan bad play. And Royce is on the wing, and he's bummed, right? Like, he just ran the floor. He's busting his ass guard in Bradley Beal. I'm sure he's tired. I'm sure this is one, like, I've never played the game, and I don't have any idea. But he's on the free throw, and he doesn't turn to go back right away. Nor does Rudy, frankly. Rudy then starts to accelerate, kind of gets back to contest a shot. Royce works his way back, but not with any alacrity or urgency in any way. And again, he's been guarding Bradley Beal for 30 minutes. Like I'm kind of willing to go give him a little bit of a pause right here, but not getting back. He's not in position to rebound. And then he pushes Avada on the rebound and a foul's called after we actually got back. Rudy contested the shot and we got back defensively. Just that, that, right? Like those are the differences between winning and losing this game, frankly. Like, we had that rebound, and we're back the other way, and we're going to win the game. That or the bogey play. Both of them. Like, um, Then they go Hunt, Ingles, and Royce O'Neal makes really good help and recover, and Donovan rotates really well, and we do, a, we do a really nice job. We do a really nice job. We have another good – so, like, if you start to walk through these possessions down against Washington, we're actually doing a pretty good job. It's the little foul here, the little thing there. Um, then they're in a half-court set, and Howell Neto just makes an unbelievable play. Again, I don't know if Joe's supposed to be attached. He's certainly watching Bradley Beal on the left side of the floor. And Contavious Caldwell Pope starts his route, and Joe's late to react to it. So he's trailing by pretty far, and it gives Neto enough time to step in front of him and take a foul. And Ingles blasts him, and it's a foul. And it's a great play by Neto. And I don't know how Joe avoids it. Unless he's attached to Caldwell Pope the whole time. And again, I don't know the game plan. And you're probably watching Beal so much at that point. Though Pope is a 47% catch and shooters guy. So if we're not supposed to be attached, it would be like the first time ever um, on a guy that good a shooter. Um, and, and so Neto gets two free throws. And they're just like bonus points, right? Like Avida got a, hit one of two free throws on the O'Neal bonus points. And Gafford got an extra point on the uh, – on the Royce, on the bogey foul, it's a bonus point. Like, that's why we lost that game. And we, and that's why we missed five free throws on open three by bogey and just didn't make a bunch and didn't make plays on the night after making plays. But if we had made those little plays, we would have been fine. And then we defend really well and Beal misses a fadeaway. So, like, if you actually walk through the defense, fast break was bad. Beal off a curl was bad. Pin down was good, but we make a bad play. Pope three was really good. Beal misses a three over Gobert was good. Royce doesn't get back to transition defense, but that was a good defense. Everyone else kind of did their job. Um, on the Ingles, they go hunt Ingles. We rotate. We run. That was good. 
Ingles commits the foul. Not good. Bradley Beal, fadeaway, six good defensive plays late. So the narrative that we can't defend late and the mid-range doesn't actually work in that game. We just kind of got caught missing, right? Like, had we, like, we made every play against San Antonio offensively and then we, we weren't as good. I, I thought we got caught by the disease of me a little bit against Washington. I thought it was they were switching and we weren't moving and then Jordan didn't get a shot for four minutes, so then he jacked up a few shots and then Rudy Gay needed a few shots and then we looked like a mess offensively. Um, so, you know, and we had offensively, we weren't perfect at all. Donovan, we missed against Washington. We missed that free throw and Donovan had a terrible turnover. Against San Antonio, we were virtually perfect. So, I mean, my takeaway here is one is that there's no common thread between the two. So, like, that's if you start hearing that narrative, and we all like narratives, there actually is not a narrative to it. Number two is like some ridiculously tough shots, which, you know, you want to avoid putting yourself in a position where NBA players can make ridiculously tough shots because that's they, they can do that. I mean, the Contavious Caldwell Pope fadeaway three off the jump ball is the game. We win that game otherwise, probably. We, if we have that jump ball, we're down two. I have a lot of faith cons- of that we actually make that next play. Um, and then I just do think there's a little of this. Like, was it because we were, there was more of it against Washington than against San Antonio in, in the early part, and in, in the late part of the game? And is that just you're a little tired, you're playing three games in four nights, we're playing three games in four nights again, we're playing four games in six nights. Like, is that, what is that? But there was just a little lacking of, and I'm not going to lie, like I watched Chris Paul up 27 last night running LaMelo ball down so he can't have a layup when they're up 27. And I think to myself, like, who's doing that for us? Who's doing that? And Jordan Clarkson dove into the crowd for a ball. Royce has been known to me. But, like, are we doing that? I, I don't think so right now. Okay. Uh, some disturbing trends. I'm not going to BS you all day and, like, tell you. But I'm just going to tell you, honestly, I went through those two six minutes. And I just didn't come out with that as, like, it's catastrophic. There are some disturbing trends about what is going on with this basketball team right now. I know, wow, that's a fun tease. Happy hat and disturbing trends. I really want to stick around for this, Locke. All right, I'll try to make it a little bit more. And we'll touch on tonight's game against LaMelo Ball and the Hornets. That's all continuing here on Locked on Jazz. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's show is brought to you by Truebill. How many subscriptions reoccurring are you subscribed to? Do you even know? Well, Truebill is here to help you out with that. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. On average, people save up to $720, I said. Truebill has over 2 million users and helps save them over $10 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. On NBA, it could save you thousands a year. It's kind of cool, actually. You set your own price on what you're willing to pay for, which is a reoccurring charge, ironically enough. Uh, what is the line tonight at betonline.ag? By the way, there's two Monday night football games today. The Raiders are two and a half point favorites over the Browns, and the Vikings are six and a half point favorite over the Bears at betonline.ag in the NBA tonight. The Utah Jazz and the Charlotte Hornets are scheduled to play, and the Jazz are an 11.5-point favorite. We were an 11.5-point favorite the other day and lost. Warriors are a 12.5-point favorite over Sacramento. Clippers are a 5-point favorite over the Spurs, who are still on the road. 
Bulls are seven-point favorite over the Rockets. NBA Futures Championship odds, Brooklyn at plus 275, Warriors at plus 425, Milwaukee at plus 800, Phoenix at plus 850, and Utah at plus 900. That is betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus. It's really hot, but happy hat back on. For those of you that are listening on the podcast, the happy hat is bright orange with green and yellow and blue and a cute little bobby thing on top. It's just a happy hat. All right. Um, And I look ridiculous in it, so I'm willing to sacrifice for the team to have a happy hat. All right. Here's um, here's the one. All right, disturbing little trends. Okay, uh, disturbing trends against plus five hundred or below five hundred team. And last night won't count because uh, they were five hundred and now they're above five hundred. But I think this you guys can feel this. Um, One of the signature things of the Utah Jazz under Quinn Snyder in the last two years has been we don't lose to below 500 team. So in the two years ago, the Jazz were 31 and 10 against below 510. I know you guys all believe we always played a low. It's not actually true. We had the best record league. Last year, we were 31 and 7 against below 500 team. This year, against below 500 teams, so far this year, according to the numbers, we're seven and four. But you can feel that that's not like, right? Like, I don't think I think Washington's an above, above 500 team. We'll see. Um, they are now, so you have to give them credit for it. But we're, we've already lost. We lost seven all of last year, and we've already lost four right now. Not a great sign. Okay. The second one is ahead and behind. Um, again, we were down by one at the half. We're 0 and 6 right now if we're behind after three. We're 20 and 3 if we lead after the third. It's not, doesn't seem horrendous, except for the fact that last year we only lost two games the entire year when leading after three. Well, only two games all year when leading after three. We, we were 6 and 18 when we were behind, and we were 45 and 2 when we were ahead. So that's not great. That's the, the other one is we just didn't lose at home. We were 31 and five last year at home. And this year at home, we're 10 and six. Those three aren't great. Like that's not a great trend. Why? Like it's not great to just give you that. Oh, okay. Well, it's doomsday. So it tells me one of, of two things. We're not as unstoppable a force. Like it used to be, I think if we got ahead that our defense was so good that no matter what you weren't making your way back against us, our defense isn't that good. It's good. It's not that good to me. Those all stem back to us defensively. It's inferior opponents. Our defense was so good and we played so consistently hard every night that, you just didn't have much of a chance. It, it, we weren't trying to outscore you. We played well defensively, and and you just and then the same thing kind of at home. Like it just was hard, and, and all those things lead to me that it was hard to play. So I go back to us. There was many many years ago. I think the Dallas Mavericks were playing the Golden State Warriors. There was a guy named uh, Troy Murphy in the league. I think was his name, 
And I, the Warriors came to us after playing Dallas. Dallas was supposed to be a title tender at the time. And I was like, wow, last night's game was, was a great game. It was, yeah, that was so much fun. And I thought to myself, when I heard that, I was like, oh, that means Dallas can't win a title. There's never been a title team that's fun to play again. We're not that, it's not that unfun to play us right now. That's not a word, but it's, I don't feel like you're really getting a, like it's not torture to play us the way it has been sometimes in the past because of what we're able to do defensively and things like that. The offense in the NBA this year is down about three points per 100 possessions. It's gone from 112.9 to uh, 109.6, so about three points. Our defense is about the exact same rating as it was a year ago. So we're really three points per 100 possessions worse defensively than we were a year ago, which is like, it's why our offense is so incredible for our offense to actually be you know, this good. And we're still, you know, way at just after one bad day, still our offense is overwhelming, but I'm a little concerned that we've become such an offensive team that we're that, that you start to lose fourth quarter leads and you start to lose home games and you start to lose to lesser teams. Cause you just, that's the, that's not the hard way to play. I could be wrong. That's just my feel. We're not, it used to be torture to play us. Might be a little fun right now. Like, I don't feel like we're really clamping in on teams the same way and torturing them. The other one is that, frankly, when Mike Conley plays, we're not as good. And some of this is that, hey, Trent Forrest takes the two things that change in games where the three games where Mike Conley doesn't play is Trent Forrest plays more and Joe Ingles' role changes. So Trent Forrest in those three games in limited minutes is minus eight. Minus five against Chicago, plus one against Orlando, minus four against Washington. Joe Ingles in those three games is minus 15 against Chicago, minus four against Orlando, and plus three against Washington. One thing that is really true on Joe Ingles right now is switching defenses are his kryptonite. And they didn't used to be. He used to be really, really good against switching defenses. But his pick and roll efficiency against switching defense is down around 25% over the last two years. So he is not nearly as good against the pick and roll defense, switching pick and roll defense. And that's what used to carry us when Mike didn't play is that Donovan would carry part of the game and then Joe would carry part of the game. And now we're trying to carry that game in Trent Forrest, Joe Ingles minutes, and it's not working very well. And it's not the same. And they were switching last night and, or the other night, and Joe just looks completely stymied when teams are switching. Just too bad. All right, Charlotte tonight's going to be super fun. If you don't have tickets and you're looking for something to do, come see us. The, uh, they are the number two offense in the league. We're the number one offense in the league. We're the number five defense. They're number 30. So hopefully we let it rip. We're the last in the league in tra- – or they're last in the league in transition defense. We're 26th in the league in transition defense. This is just going to be two teams trying to run down each other's throat, and the other ones are bad in transition defense. They're not great in half-court defense either. Um, We take the – they're the number one three-point shooting team in the league. We're the number four. We're the number one shooting. They're the number five. They don't turn it over. We do, which could be – we turn it over tonight. LaMelo! Woo! 
He's incredible. 20 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. He's insane. If you've never seen LaMelo ball, he will be a 10-time All-Star in this league. Um, they have the worst defensive effective field goal percentage in the league. They're the one of the worst defensive rebounding teams. So here's a really interesting trick tonight. They have LaMelo. They want to run. You want to get back in transition. But one of the best ways to stop transition is to crash the boards. But if you miss on the board, bam, they're coming the other direction at you. So uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, they are a great three-point shooting team. That's going to be a challenge for us. They are the number one three-point shooting team in the league, percentage-wise, 38.5. We're 37.5. This is going to be a really, really fun one. You know what we need to do? We have to be, we have to be really good, clamp down, and half-court defense to win this game. Let's see if we can be tough. Let's see if we can be tough. All right, I apologize. I did not get to um, your questions. Um, uh, Taylor says, my happy, thought, my happy hat thought of the day is Donovan seems like he's earning his benchmarks. He looks gassed every time he sits down, leaving the floor. Yeah, Ron and I have talked about this. Our guys should be really tired when they go to the bench, and I think we're getting more of that um, than we were before. All right, hopefully you got some takeaways today. Hopefully you feel like you got some understanding of things. It wasn't crazy. It wasn't a lot of geeky numbers. I apologize if you were looking for those today. Um, but, we, you know, we, we'll try to, try to explain things sometimes, not just inundate you with useless feet. Happy, happy. Happy hat day. See ya.